You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. As a, I believe I have a word um, from the Lord for us, and it's a little different. Maybe, maybe it's not different at all, but uh, I, I have some words that I believe that the Lord has for the church this Easter. And moving forward as the church and kind of following along the lines of what um, we've been we've been hanging out in Nehemiah and going over that what it means for us as a church and so I believe the Lord has some specific things that he wants to do in us as a church today and so I I'm gonna start in John 16 but before that I was thinking about Easter and I was thinking about the disciples and just the different variety of people that followed Jesus. So the different personalities of the people in the Bible that followed the disciples that followed Jesus. And they were so different, so opposite of one another, yet Jesus went to them and called them all. But I didn't just think about that. I was thinking about everything that the disciples went through. They loved Jesus. You think of John, and John just was enamored with Jesus. Just he, I picture him like he just couldn't get enough of Jesus. He just would watch him and just think, why me? He chose me. I've never met anybody. Like we just sang, there's nobody like him. I've never met anything. I just picture that he would just watch him. Peter, Peter would do anything for Jesus. I'm going to fight for you, Jesus. I'm going to rebuke you too. And I'm just, I love you so much. I'm just crazy about you. I do crazy things. And Thomas, who doubted but still followed, had his doubts, but something about Jesus, I love him. Every day, the more I get to know him, the more I love him, and I can't understand it, and I can't explain it, but there's just something about him. Every once in a while, his mind would probably get away with him, and doubts would creep in, but man, just every time, crazy about him. Matthew, who loved things ordered. He liked things in its place, people at the right time, just ordered. Something about Jesus. All called together, all following him, one purpose. But loving him every day. Just imagine, just imagine, just walking with Jesus every day. It's like, who is this man? that I abandoned everything for. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it, not a minute of it. I wouldn't change it. And they loved him, and Jesus loved them. But we come to this time in, in John 17 where Jesus begins to talk to them and tell them about what's to come. Something's about to happen, guys. And he tries to explain it to them, and they don't really grasp it. I'm going to read it, because it's important for where we're going. But this is where Jesus warns the disciples. Verse 1, he says, I have told you this so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt. 
For you will be excommunicated from the synagogues, and a time is coming when you will be put to death by misguided ones who will presume to be doing God a great service by putting you to death. And they will do these things because they don't know anything about the Father or me. I'm telling you this now so that when their time comes, you will remember that I foretold it. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. But now I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me. You need to be told. Yet not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you these things. But here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit that's coming. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. It's like the, it's a, it's a good thing that I go away, guys, because the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And they're just like, uh-huh. Jesus said, like, what? I don't understand what he said. Did you get what he was saying? I don't, I don't know what he's saying. Verse 17 shows, it says, the disciples began to ask each other, what does he mean? Soon you won't see me, and then a little while after you will see me in a new way? And what does he mean because I'm going to my father? So they kept on repeating, what's the meaning of a little while? We have no clue what he's talking about. We're following him, and, and he's doing great things, and it's amazing, and all of a sudden he comes to this like serious, okay guys? We need to have a conversation. There's some hard times about to come. And they're just like, what? Verse 19 says, Jesus knew what they were thinking, and it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what he had meant. So he spoke up and he said, let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you will be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will turn into joy and you will see me again. Just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby. Yet after her child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that the new baby had been born into the world. This is an incredible chapter, but they're, they're listening to him talk and they grasp it a little bit but they're, they're just not following what do you mean you're going away for a little while and then you're coming back and I'm trying Jesus I'm trying to grasp what's going on but I don't I don't know do you know because it's nothing that they'd seen before they had no frame of reference for what was going on they've been following him they left everything and now they're following him but now I have no frame of reference for what you're talking about Jesus and then not to mention, they, they go to the crucifixion and, is this really happening? Like, I thought at the last minute they, that he would somehow, something would happen, some kind of amazing thing would blow our minds, like he's blown our mind day after day, that this wouldn't happen, and it's happening. And my friend, the one that I love and the one that I follow is dying any minute now any minute now any minute now he died did he die he died 
this isn't what I thought. This isn't what we expected. This isn't what we thought following him meant. What now? Then, then I think of the fact that he dies and this is the one that they love. They have abandoned, given everything, following him. They're enamored with him. They're just like, this guy changed our world. Deep love. And all of a sudden, he's gone and everyone around them is happy about it. Imagine that. Imagine losing someone you love and every single person is laughing at it and thinks it's a good thing. How do you grieve that? What, what does that do to you? You don't know him like I know him. I loved him. And where do you go from there? How do you pick up the pieces from there? How, it isn't what I thought. And then I held on to some sort of hope and thought maybe, maybe he would get off the cross or maybe God would intervene. No. And now I'm left in these days where I have no idea where to go from here. What does it look like from this moment? I have no idea. Hopeless. I imagine they're hopeless. I imagine they're broken. I, I, every foundation that they knew, everything that they thought, total uncertainty. I don't even know. I can't go back to what was. But how do I move on from here? And I read this and I, ha I, I thought that maybe just a fraction. We know this. We know this especially this year. We know it. What, what just happened? This isn't what we thought. This isn't where we thought we would be going. This isn't what we thought the church was. This isn't what, none of this is what we thought. What is happening? And then, they, and then they begin to tell us that this is our new normal. But how can anything new be normal? And, and then it becomes our new normal and we get used to it, but then we got to move on to what's new again. And then that changes. And then we're, we're going around this way. There's a total uncertainty everywhere we go. And maybe this has nothing to do with COVID for you. Maybe this is totally different. Maybe you didn't expect your parents to get divorced and it didn't look anything like you thought it was supposed to look. We were headed this way and now we're not. And I have total uncertainty. I don't know what this looks like anymore. Or your spouse left you or your family member died. You lost the job. What does this mean? Where do I go? I can't even see my way out of this. Where do I go from here? And I imagine that's the disciples in this. Where? Guys, do you, what do we, the world hates them. They know, they know us. They, how do we, how do we show our faces? And Jesus shows up in the middle of their biggest uncertainty because he always shows up. He always shows up. You're uncertain right now? He's showing up. He shows up. He's showing up right now. I'm going to show you your way out of it. So Jesus shows up to them. He, he comes to, to the ladies. He shows himself. He's like, I've risen. 
they're like, no way, what? This is the best news I've ever heard. Even then though, what's their uncertainty then? Like, okay, now this is rocking our world. Where do we go from here? And he says, go get the guys, tell them to meet me up at the mountain. I got a word, I got something I wanna say. And so they all go running up to the mountain. In Matthew 28, verse 60, it says, Meanwhile, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women, and they left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. And then the moment, the moment that they saw him, imagine they're running up, and they're like, going to see Jesus, I'm not sure, I think I might. I, maybe those ladies are, you know, delusional, I don't know. And they're running up the hill, and then the moment that they all see him, they just begin to worship. That's what the Bible says. The moment that they saw him, they begin to to worship, but look at this. But some still had lingering doubts. It says they all were worshiping. It wasn't some worshiped and some had doubts. It says they all began to worship, but some were worshiping and still doubting. And I felt like this was a word for all of us, some of us, probably all of us. That we're, we worship because we love him and we know him and, 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 and we just, we want to, we know this is what we do. It's like, I, I want to worship you. But in our heart of hearts, there's doubt. There's still some doubt. I, I, there's still some uncertainty. I don't really know. This year or the things that have happened to me have shook me. And I don't know. Some had doubt. And I believe that Jesus steps in this moment and says, some of you still have doubt. And he steps into this moment and he wants to heal that place. He goes to Thomas. The disciples come back and they're like, Thomas. Thomas is doubting Thomas. It's his nickname. It's what he does, right? He's a glass half full type of guy. And so they show up and they're like, Thomas, we were at the mountain and we talked to Jesus and he said some things. And Thomas is like, yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it. He says, unless I can put my finger through his hands, I see the holes in his hands and in his side. Forget it. I won't believe it. And look at this. John 20. It's a week later. 20, verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was the, where there with him. Though the door was locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Thomas, he came for Thomas. Not one left behind. That's who Jesus is. Not one left behind. Thomas, look. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. But then he says this to him. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. And I read this and I had two things where Jesus steps in this moment because of the year that we've had. And, and, and some of us, it goes, like I said, it goes beyond COVID. It just, it's been a year, right? Or some of it, it's just the turmoil of your past. It's, it goes all the way back. And, and you're just lived in this anxiety. You've lived in this turmoil. You've lived in this pain. And I want you to hear Jesus. This resurrection morning, the resurrection king steps up and says, peace be with you. This morning, Jesus says, peace to that pain, to that hurt, to that anxiety, to that turmoil, peace. 
But then he says this, church, stop doubting. I speak peace over you, stop doubting. It's time to believe. That those places of your heart that says, I'm worshiping, but I don't know. I, do I step out that Jesus says, stop doubting. It's time to believe. It's time to believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It's time to believe that you will see. It's time to believe again. It's time to believe that I am healer. It's time to believe that I am provider. It's time to believe that I am the only way. It's time to believe again. Put aside those things of what were, of what was, of how it was. I speak peace over you. It's time to believe. Stop doubting. So we go back to the mountain where Jesus first appears to the disciples in Matthew 28. And we've read this over the last couple of weeks many times. I've referred to it. It's the Great Commission. And Jesus shows up to them. And he says this. He comes close to them and says, verse 18, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now wherever you go make disciples of all nations. He's commissioning them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget, I am with you every day, even to the completion of the age. Two things. He shows up, and he's, okay, guys, he's risen from the dead, okay, guys. I paid the price. It is finished. I have risen. And I did it for you. But I didn't just stop with you guys. I did it for them. I did it for all of them. The ones mocking me, I did it for them. The ones that killed me, I did it for them. Guys, you were born for this moment. I called you for this moment. It's time to go. And he commissions them. It's time to go. It is finished. It's been done. I paid the price. It's time to go. And he commissions them to begin the work. And then he reminds them at the end. He says, listen, here's a promise. I am with you every day until the completion of the age, meaning in 2021 when COVID comes, 2020 when COVID comes, I am with you. Every minute, I am with you. No matter what it looks like, I am with you. Don't you forget it. Remember this. Remember this as you go. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I felt like today that there was a recommissioning that would happen in the body of Christ today as we take communion, that there's a recommissioning. It's been crazy times, but that Jesus would show up and say, okay, church, it's time. It's time to go. It's time to rise up. It's time to believe again. It's time. In John 17, before Jesus goes to the cross, he has this moment where he goes and he prays. 
to the Father and he prays for his disciples, which in this case would be us, followers of Christ. And this is what he says. He says, Father, I have manifested who you really are and I revealed you to the men and the women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you and the very words you gave me to speak I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and that they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. And I'm not asking on behalf of an unbelieving world, but I'm asking for those who belong to you, those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. I get hung up on that every time I read it. His glory revealed through our surrendered lives. The more surrender, the more his glory is revealed. And then he says this, Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return to be with you, but my disciples, that's us, will remain here. Holy Father, each one that you have given me, keep them in your name so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. Jesus prays for the unity of the disciples. Father, let them be one. Let them be unified. Just like you and I, let them be unified. And I believe in this, in this Resurrection Sunday that, that that's what Jesus was speaking to me about is that we would step into this place of as we take communion, not only do we take the cup as our recommissioning that this Jesus paid a price for me, but not just for me, for them, for you. But then also with the commissioning came a place that says, let them be unified. Unity, unity in the body was how it's supposed to be. The enemy always comes against unity. And it's time for us to fight back. I want to read this last scripture in 1 Corinthians verse 10, it says, it's in the message, it says, I assume I'm addressing believers now who are mature. Draw your own conclusions. When we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't this the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Didn't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our manyness becomes oneness. When we drink of the cup, when we take, partake of the bread, we are declaring unity in the body of Christ. My manyness, all, all that I am, all that you are, all your manyness becomes oneness. 
because God's joined us together. Because I'm a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. My manyness becomes oneness. And it says, Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in him. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us to what he is. And then it says, that basically is what happened even in old Israel. Those who ate the sacrifices offered on God's altar entered into God's action in the altar that they entered into the action of God. And so this morning, I believe that we have a recommissioning that is coming to the body of Christ. The risen King commissions us, recommissions us, church. This is a new day. time for you to stand back up and go and be the church but he doesn't just stop there he says look around as we as we take communion today look around and recognize that as I partake of the body Christ isn't fragmented I, my manyness becomes oneness with you I am one with you and I am one with you and I will fight against unity I won't let the enemy come in and try to break apart what God has joined together unity and as we do that we step into the action of God which means I'll move I'll do A recommissioning of the church together. We're going to go into a song. Um, did you get my text message? Oh, can we go into that last song? Um, what was the last song? Nope. The Great I Am. But can we start in verse 2? So let's stand up and take the cup and don't spill it on yourself like I did. And take the cup, and I just want you to take a moment. That, let me just read this last verse in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. When he says, you do this in remembrance of me. While you're doing this, remember. Remember the price. Remember what was paid. Remember. What are you remembering? What he died for. The sin that he took. My sin. All of our sin that he took. He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for them. I'm remembering that without you, without him, I'm nothing. That without him, I can't do this. It says you, you'll proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What are you proclaiming? You're, you're complaining. Compl don't complain. Nobody complained. You're, you're proclaiming that his death means healing for you. That his death meant freedom for you. That your chains were gone. That your sins have been washed away. That you get to boldly stand in the throne room of God because of the price that he paid. 
that you are in him and he is in you. That you are not alone. That no matter what you feel like and no matter what you go through in this life and no matter how hard it gets, you are not alone. He promised you that I am with you every single day until the completion of the age. I, you are not alone. The death of Jesus did this for me. The resurrection caused me to come into new life and I walk in newness of life. Old things have passed away and because of him, all things have become new. The worship team's gonna sing this, but I just want you to, in your heart, talk to God and say, you know what? I hear it, I hear you. You're calling us to rise up. This morning, the doubt that I hold in my heart, I surrender it. I'll believe again. I'll believe again. The disappointment that I had, I surrender it. I'll believe again. I hear you, I see you, I feel you, I know you can be trusted. And I'll pick up the commission again that says, go, I will go. I will go. When you call, where you call, I will follow you. And then I want you to look around and say in your heart as one, I will protect not just this church, guys. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about every church. I'm talking about every Christian. I'm talking about every person you know. I won't speak against them. I won't talk against them. I will pray. I will hold them in my heart. I will protect the unity of the body of Christ because we have been called for such a time as this. I will fight for unity. I will fight for unity. And in that moment, you will step into the action of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do this in remembrance of him as one. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship for a moment. Great I am, and who is worthy? 
anything in us that you want laid down, we lay it down for you, Jesus, so that your glory can be revealed through us, so that the world would see you, so that the world would know you, surrender our lives to you, for your glory, and for your honor, our risen King. Listen, if you're in this room and you, or if, if, if you're online and you don't know Jesus, and you're watching and you're here and there's something inside you that says, I have to, I, I have to know, I have to, I have to be a part, I, 
the greatest love that you'll ever know. Will your life be perfect? No. It doesn't make problems go away. It gives you something to hold on to, a hope to hold on to. It gives you wisdom to get through it. Peace that passes all understanding as you walk through it. But the feeling that you feel is Jesus calling you by name. And maybe you've walked away from him and, and you don't know him, you haven't been, you, you know him, but you haven't been living for him. Today's your day. Not by accident, today's your day. But let me say this. This is not the day and hour to play around. You're here, you're online, you're watching this because, he, because he's got your number, because he called you by name. And he loves you so much that he would set up all kinds of things to get you to this place. But tomorrow is not promised. This moment is. This moment right now is. It's time to get right with him. Invite him into your life. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. I've followed him and I have not followed him. And so I can't, I, I'm not naively saying it. Your life will never be the same because he is so good. And you need him. You need him in your life. You can't not have him. You need Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. You cannot live without him. So if you don't know him right now, say this prayer with me. If you are rededicating your life, you're saying, hey, you know, I, I need to be, I need to follow him. I need to make it right with him. Show me your hand. I won't make you come up to the front. Show me your hand. You're saying, I want to live for him. I want to make it right. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I've been half-hearted doing it. It's not the time to play. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not. I'm just, he's calling you by name because it's your moment right now. If you're online, put it in the chat. We've got Pastor Joel is online. He will, he will um, talk to you so you can just say, I want to say the prayer. If you're here, raise your hand. Say this after me. If you're online, say this after me. Jesus, I hear you call my name. Just like he did the disciples. He shows up and he's like, follow me. This moment he's saying, follow me. So Jesus, I will follow you. I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And lead and guide my life. Be the Lord of my life. And do whatever you want to do. I follow you. Come into my life and make me new. I'm ready for it.
And if I've walked away, Father, I'm walking back. Now this is a turning point for my life as I lock eyes with you. And I declare that old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. I say that this morning for those of you that, that have struggled, there are things in your life that you've carried. I say this to you and I declare it over you that old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. The resurrecting God makes all things new. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.